India cover story podcast series in association with the indicast.com my name is abhishek and in this inaugural issue called bootstrap bosses forbes india looks at folks who've built lasting companies on their own terms the package covers firms from industries like shrimp farming to oncology drug makers joining me on the call to talk about all of this is pravin palande hi pravin after a long time welcome back yeah hi hi take me through what the discussion was in in the edit meetings when you guys came up with the idea of bootstrap bosses so there is a little more to it than the alliteration okay the news flow was always about private equity guys actually the news flow was more about private equity guys or for that matter funders angel funders or venture capitalists and there was much more than actually the entrepreneurs actually so the pe guys they had become so so dominating in the business pages what was happening earlier the entrepreneur was going public to get in external capital risk capital from the people then we turned to a level where like you know you started to get in private equity guys and the private equity guys wanted to have an exit so the company started to go public now it's almost become a norm that you start a business okay and you get in external capital from a venture capitalist or a private equity guy and then over a period of time you go public right so we were interested in the typical business guy who said okay i want to grow this company on my own and uh, without accessing the markets like with the public markets or or a private equity guy so we started kind of looking around how do we do about, go about it how did you go about shortlisting companies or scanning the environment to find these old school firms who wanted to build uh, on their own merit or without borrowing or without going to the public yeah. we wanted to look for companies that were not related to technology so how do you go about it so we decided that uh, that let us kind of look for companies with size and we thought we started talking to crystal about it so crystal the rating agency they liked the idea so we told them that we want to find companies that have achieved a certain size so we started to look for companies okay that have around 500 crore of capital they've been around for quite some time they've been growing for uh, for a decent rate and they kind of like you know have a decent return on equity the list of companies we saw like you know none of the companies like you know we had actually ever heard before yes some some names are i read cri pumps falcon marine exports yeah. so these companies are basically b2b companies you know they are not com- consumer facing companies actually one company was consumer facing i think that is uh, hamilton houseware we also had vedant fashion the guys who who own the brand manyavar krishil said that these companies are highly rated in terms of their parameters they are growing at a faster rate and they have a high roi let's start with the, the one that you've written on uh, devi seafoods what strikes me is the business in which they are in uh, in shrimp farming it has a, a pretty long history and they were profitable in barely a few months and today they have a turnover of 1231 crores how did they get there uh, very briefly pravin and and what's so special about them marine exports actually is the fastest growing segment in the export category for india i think this year they kind of clocked around 6 billion dollars there are some entrepreneurs who figured out that this is a business that will grow and how to grow this so devi foods is one of them this company has been around now since the mid 90s brahmanandam the entrepreneur 
he got into this business accidentally, but he figured out how this business works very quickly and moved on. Uh, the market for in for Indian shrimps is very huge, okay, uh, especially in the U.S. And Brahmanandam figured figured out that the best way to grow this business is to get into value-added shrimps, how it's required in the restaurants, you know, ready to cook, clean these shrimps, arrange it in a particular way. So it needs to be very fast. So what these guys decided, instead of the restaurant doing all this, why not we do it at our end and send it directly to the restaurants out there. Meaning from, from Indian shores to the ports abroad, uh, the, the entire supply chain will have to be managed by them. From Vishakhapatnam to, I think, Houston, I would say. They also worked with Cisco, a very huge company like you know, that deals with anything and everything to do with restaurants. So if you want to set up a restaurant, you have to go to these guys. They will probably supply you the tables as well, like, you know, for your restaurant. very difficult to become a supplier for Cisco because their standards are extremely stringent and high. Davy Seafoods figured it out. They became suppliers to Cisco and they were on. As simple as that. In a business like this, I would imagine it requires huge capital investment uh, over time, if not at once. In your interaction with the bosses there, why do you think they did not or he did not go out and borrow money from the market or from the banks and wanted to do it himself? Would that mean that he had to go a little bit slow? Was he circumspect or does it give him more liberty to take risks because it's his own money? His answer has been very simple. He says, if I have retained earnings, like, you know, then why should I go for for external capital? Okay, All the expansion that he did, he did it through internal accruals. Okay, Just imagine the business. He was making profits and he has been able to fund his expansions through that. So he's saying, why should I go for external funding? You don't probably want an interruption from somebody else about how you run the business and all. Clearly, this is not what he was concerned. This guy was concerned in only two things. Running the company on efficient capital. Like, you know, if you can deliver a good ROI using less capital, why not? Challenges in, a, in an industry like this, imagine goods are perishable and then they have to travel thousands of miles in this case. Praveen, if you can take a shot at this, what's the common thread in terms of what are these guys doing right with their own funds, which other companies can perhaps learn from, even the ones who have access to free capital? Yeah, all these guys are now in their 60s, actually, most of them. Okay, so these guys started this business around 20 years ago, when they were probably 35, 40 years old. So what needs to be noted is that these guys worked somewhere, got a lot of experience, and then they started this business. Most of them are B2B businesses. They are not consumer-facing. When these guys started off, they did not have an idea that these companies will become, say, 500 2,000 crew. They worked hard, and it just happened. Because if it was planned like that, then then there is always an eye for an external investor. That's what I meant. They would be among the best at what they do, even if they have chosen to remain small as compared to the listed companies. Because some of the stats that you mentioned in one of the articles that the lead time from manufacturing 
to selling and then collecting the cash is way better than the peers in the industry like 40 days as compared to 60 the capital the working capital the way they manage working capital needs where you you need cash on that very day it's 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 completely different maybe uh, i i'm just speculating here it's it's more because it because it's their cash on the line there is a little bit more rigor that goes into the business that they've built from scratch because uh, some of them have uh, humble beginnings as you know starting with 1000 rupees for instance and even 20 years down the line when they choose not to borrow or you know raise funds the rigor doesn't go away it's the same even if the next generation takes over You know, you just raised an important point out here that these guys are very, very careful when it comes to working capital management. So that is why you will see that you know any company that does have a good working capital management policy, they also have a very good return on investment. So that is something that they have followed stringently. And considering the fact that you own the business and you can take the decisions the way you want, I guess like you know it just allows you to to take the risk that you want. Great, Pravin. I think on that note, this it will be time to wrap up. Uh, thank you very much for your time on this one. Cool. And all you listeners get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com as well as on iTunes. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to five one eight one eight.